Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. OG3 here. We just had someone actually send in a question on what does that stand for, the OG3. Well, we talked, I think we don't know why we started saying it. It happened a long time ago, but it kind of probably you started Emily. it, Joe. Actually. I probably did. Oh, yeah. I like how Brad does me, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> no, it, it's it, it, it. I think Brad started up. it, actually. Who knows? But it rhymes, so we kept it. That's kind of what it came down to. Yeah, it's so. cute. And three is my favorite number. Yeah, there you go. So OG3, OG, uh, I guess the it originally started as the original gangster. That's what it meant. Uh, now it's kind of evolved a little bit and it just kind of means the original, the founders, the uh, old school. Mm -hmm. And we all know Bradley's definitely old school. Um, Emily and I have our moments. So it just <laughs> came to mean the three of us, OG3. So yeah. thanks for, for sending that, that question in. We also had a couple emails this week, one following up on our water episode. Good example of water being really, really good uh, for production. Like we all talked about, you know, it's good. It's just the most important thing on your dairy that often gets, you know, forgotten. Uh, this particular farmer said that, you know, when their water freezes up in the winter and it gets really cold, they lose about half their water space. And they also lose in, in conjunction with that three to four pounds of milk. And, and it's, it's very predictable when that water unfreezes and it becomes available again, they're right back up those three to four pounds. So good example. Thanks for that, that email, Dennis, shout out to Dennis for listening. We love to get emails from you guys. I get really excited when I open that, that inbox and there's just emails everywhere. So keep sending them today as we record this, uh, it's not, well, it's not new year's Eve. It's new year's Eve, Eve. And we're all excited to start the new year. Every, I think everyone's ready for 2020 to be done. Yeah. Uh, so today the go the topic is goals and how to go about that for your farm uh, and your dairy, your beef operation. How do you even start with that process of making goals, setting goals, and, and then achieving goals eventually? And fortunately, yeah. Emily is here and she's going to lead Ooh. us through this. Oh, gosh. I, I am apparently. So... Yeah. Well, you know, with goals, it's like, you can talk about them any time of the year, but when we think of the new year, we think of resolutions and all that fun stuff. And we know, we know Joe plans to drop some LBs, uh, in the new year. So <laughs> always, always, um, uh, always an issue. Right. Bradley has been crushing it. He's lost like, I don't know, 31 pounds, 31 Dang, pounds son. in 2020. I just got to get rid of this. Just yeah, chin. just like, can't see it, well, I feel like you, two chins is acceptable, but you should, you should have a goal of coming out and feeding calves with me every day and we'll take care of that. Oh, I'll just shiver it off probably. <laughs> yeah. And have a goal of coming out and helping him with the blood draws so he doesn't screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Touchy subject. All right. So yeah, when we talk about goals for farmers, uh, you know, I, this is very basic stuff. So I feel like this is going to be a pretty quick podcast, a short episode for us today. You know, goals are kind of self-explanatory and it's just about, you know, thinking about where do we want to go? What's our vision? Where are we headed? And for me, especially now, goal setting is something I really encourage farms and farmers to do. So on the business and the personal level, because goal setting has actually been shown that it could help reduce stress. And you know, I'm the big uh, stress advocate here and stress management advocate. And I know some people may think, well, no, setting a goal, then I'm just gonna stress about that and that's gonna be worse. But actually they find that really a goal, if you 
set the goal correctly, it serves as a bit of a blueprint. And that's actually really helpful to the different pathways in our brains. And so that can help reduce our stress, knowing that we have this blueprint, but also knowing that, yeah, things might go wrong. 2020 was a great example of that. Nothing goes to plan, but because we know the nuts and bolts of it, we're still able to work through it a little bit easier and be more resilient to it. So now I'm able to fashion goal setting as another stress management tool. So just another reason to do it. I feel like I see that a lot though, like uh, the, the reduced stress. And I see it even just in daily life where uh, making a list, you know, a list is kind of a form of goal setting, right? Here's my tasks that I want to get done, keeps me organized. And when I can lay it out that way, it becomes less overwhelming and I know where to start. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. So I, I totally get that. And I don't, I don't think it's a reach at all to wrap that into your farm safety, mental health goal setting. Yeah. You know, one thing that I think a lot of people have, we may have goals, but should we be writing down these goals and actually going back to them? Because I'm sure we all have goals, but do we ever, how do we, how do we figure that out? I love it. (laughs) What a great question. What a great question. Yes, you should write them down. Physically write them down. So again, again, I'm like really on the science for this episode, but Also proven that if you actually handwrite something onto a piece of paper, you are more likely to remember it. And if it is a task or a goal, you're more likely to follow through on it as well. Yes, typing them up is good, but if you can handwrite them down, I really encourage people to do that. And then also, you know, think about how then do you keep those written goals? How do you stay accountable to them? I guess is really the point here. So I also remind people to kind of split their goals into short-term and long-term. And that's going to mean something different to everybody, but I consider short-term, especially, you know, from a farming sense, things that you want to achieve within the year. And long-term, you're thinking goals for five years from now, 10 years from now, et cetera. But the nice thing is, that you can make short-term goals that are pieces of your long-term goals. Getting back to the writing it down, short-term goals really can be written as a to-do list, kind of like you mentioned, I think, Joe, on making lists and doing those things. Short-term goals should be a to-do list. And I say write them down. And then I also remind people, keep them somewhere you're going to see them in a really high traffic area you know, on the fridge, or if you have a break room at your farm or something like that, where people will see them and be reminded of them. Because I think for all of us, you know, when we have that reminder, we just want to get rid of the reminder so badly. So we do whatever it is that we need to do. That's one thing that I recommend is really keeping those, yes, written and visible. And then for those long-term goals, again, break them down And also have those written down, keep them somewhere. They maybe don't need to be in a high traffic area on your fridge, but keep them at the desk. Make sure they're on the top of the pile or make sure they're in a special folder or something that you know where they are and that you can get to them. Yeah. And I I think having it in the front of your mind all the time is is good Uh, and being able to to be able to keep track of it. And you brought up time frame, which I think is a huge piece of goals, right? Making sure you set a time for when you're going to achieve that. Because if you just throw a goal out there vaguely, right, which happens a lot with uh, New Year's resolutions, especially when we're talking about getting in shape, eating right, all these kind of things. Um, But there's a decent amount of data out there to show that 
You know, somewhere middle of February, uh, there's a huge abandoning of some of these New Year's resolutions. And they track that, right, with uh, return of McDonald's and fast food sales, right? They can see when people kind of get off track and get off uh, the bandwagon when it comes to resolutions. So keeping it in the forefront of your mind and reminding yourself why it's important is huge. I think another thing that you're kind of flirting around here, Emily, is measuring or measurable, how are you going to know that you've achieved it, right? Or that you're, you know, a task can be done, but like if you're setting a goal, part of that has to be able to measure it and, and, and know whether or not you've achieved success. Well, Joe, that is a wonderful segue into the Moose Room pop quiz I was going to give you and Bradley. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. geez. We need like a little up. jingle, like the Moose Room pop quiz. Yeah, this was a setup hardcore. So okay. let's do it. And, and I say it sets it up because here's a little hint for the pop quiz. You already said some of the magic words, Joe. Something I always try to remind people of as well when they're thinking about their goals is are they smart? And I don't know if anybody, you know, if either of you, I'm hoping, are familiar with SMART goals. So S-M-A-R-T, you want your goals to be smart. So the pop quiz for Bradley J. Hines, PhD, and for Dr. Joe R. Armstrong is, what are the different things that make up a SMART goal? S-M-A-R-T, so each letter, stands for a different word. I this think is, Joe's writing them down. It looks this like he's ring, ringing a bell. Yeah, it's ringing a bell. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if I, rem, I, rem, I remember them all though. Okay, like just I... throw some out. Let's see how you do Okay, it. specific for S, measurable for M, A is throwing me, but I think it's accountable, realistic, and then time frame. Achievable. Achievable. I thought that would be realistic. It's, What's yeah, the A? A? A is achievable or attainable. And attainable. I use attainable just because, I don't know. But Google says achievable. So. Oh, so Bradley was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> well, as was expected, it's fine. <laughs> I had no clue what it meant. I, I'll be honest. I, have I, no, I had no really? idea. No wow. Idea. No idea. Okay. No. All right. So, Joe, so you did there's... pretty good. You did pretty good. I think okay. what you had like about four of them, maybe. I think. Yeah, specific. I, yeah, I guess we should yeah. just go down the line, right? Specific. Tell me, how do I yeah. make my goals specific? So your goal should be specific. For my example, I'm going to use a dairy farm. So I apologize to our beef producers listening, but sorry, I'm biased. So, you know, your goal initially might be something like, you know, we're, we're going to grow the herd. Make it more specific. You're going to grow it by, you know, and this plays into the other letters. You're going to grow it by how much or how quickly are you going to do it? Or, you know, that could mean anything. You could add one cow that's growing the herd. So make it very specific. And then tied to that, the M is for? Measurable. Very good. So M is for measurable. And that's how you can make it specific, but then also have that accountability piece to it that you were getting at, Joe, is how do we make sure that we are actually working on these and working towards them and how can we measure progress? And that's how, by making them measurable. So if it is a certain percentage or a certain number you're trying to hit, you can give yourself those benchmarks along the way to do that. A 
attainable. 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 I see. I even got it or, wrong. Or Bradley would say achievable because that's achievable. what Gabriel says. <laughs> Anyways, A is for attainable. Are you being realistic? Are you being practical? Is it something that you can actually do? You know, any of us could sit here and say, oh, yeah, in 2021, we're, you know, I'm going to start milking 40 Dutch belted cows, right? But like, am I actually going to start a 40 cow dairy in one year? No, no, I'm not. I started milking one cow in 2020. You can do it. Yeah, and you're not milking it anymore. So carry <laughs> on, my, Bradley. It's because my milker pump froze up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> attainable. So yeah, attainable is something that, yes, you can achieve or get to something that is practical. And I think you missed this one, Joe, but R is for, it's not realistic, which I think is what you said. Yeah. Bradley, what does Google say? I don't know. I can't find it anymore. <laughs> oh, what a pity. <laughs> R is for relevant. Relevant. Okay. So really getting at, are you setting a goal just for the purpose of having a goal? Or it, you know, it's something, this is my goal, but you know, it's going to be easy to achieve. And so you're just setting it so you can check it off the list. Or is it something that's relevant to your situation? Something that's actually going to help your situation or improve your production or whatever it might be. So really making sure that you are honing in on the things that are the most important and are going to have the biggest benefit. Okay. So that's relevant. And then timeframe, we've kind of already covered timeframe, right? Yeah. Yep. So yeah. T is timeframe or timely. Just, yes. Is it something that makes, again, kind of ties into relevant. Does it make sense for where you're at right now? Is it something that you can get to in, you know, if it's a short-term or a long-term goal. So again, thinking about that timeline piece and, and how long is this going to take and does it need to be broken up into smaller goals? Or is it one thing that we need to do the whole thing in this set time frame for it to be achieved? So those, yes, those are smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. How many goals should we have? How many goals, you know, do we, should we have three should we have 50 what you know know? i think different things work for different farms 50 sounds really overwhelming to me (laughs) i know and two there's a difference between if it's a personal goal or a business goal etc generally i think three to five is a really good place to be uh for both short and long term and also i think that sometimes people get caught up in this idea that these goals need to be this really huge lofty thing. And, and that's not the case, right? I mean, it, it can be something that maybe to other people will seem really simple or generic or easy, but if it's something to you that you really want to improve and work on, then that's okay. Right. So even if it's something like, you know, we have a goal that we are going to be, you know, cleaning out the pack barn or, you know, cleaning out the area where the calves are every X days or X weeks, you know, just those simple things that day to day are going to improve over time, your management and, and potentially the production and profitability on your farm. 
Yeah. And I, I, here's my big, here's my plug for veterinarians in this episode, which I don't oh, think I've done. God. I haven't done go. it for a couple, couple episodes. So here it is. You guys can't see this, but in Joe's screen, a hand just came in from the side with an envelope of money and Joe took it. So took it. No, here's, carry on with, with the, with veterinarian here. Here's the deal for me. Farmers are busy. We all know that everybody's got limited time, right? So setting goals uh, can be a tricky deal because it's like you're trying to commit time to something that you already don't have time to do. So my my thing when I'm th- talking and working with farmers, dairy, beef, it doesn't matter. The role of the veterinarian in that situation, in my opinion, is to assess the operation as a whole and identify bottlenecks and the biggest bang for your buck, right? Your goals, in my opinion, should start with low-hanging fruit. What's the easiest thing yeah. to fix that gives you the biggest bang for your buck? And sometimes that's hard to see uh, when you're in the system. Okay, it doesn't have to be a veterinarian, but I like a veterinarian in this situation for being able to comment on your entire system. Having someone from the outside come in and say, all right, well, it's something really simple, a very simple fix that might actually have a huge impact for your farm. Uh, one that I, I see that continually comes up is just foot bat. So foot bath design and, and use at all mm, yeah. uh, and, and lameness and things like that. So if you have a properly designed foot bath, all, all you have to do is change the length, the depth, uh, if it has sides or not, things like that. Relatively small investment for something you might be doing already anyway, and a big improvement. So things like that is where I look to. And like Emily said, it doesn't have to be anything complicated. Sometimes it's as easy as, okay, this year we're going to make a special effort that we're going to scrape out uh, the, re- the return walkways in the middle of the milking. Just going to make them less sloppy and we're going to see what it does to mass sites. You know, like that, something very small where the investment is small, but the, the benefit is huge. That's my plug. Get your veterinarian involved. Ask them to look at your system. Ask them for, you know, what would they do? What would they rank? Because I think the big piece of this for me, especially when we look at the relevant piece is time is limited. So you have to create a hierarchy. And that hierarchy for me starts with what can I do with the least investment, but the benefit is huge. And also, I think it kind of gets to that, like, yeah, it's okay to have some of that low hanging fruit be part of your goal. And because it's sometimes nice to have some things that you know you can get done if you just put in that effort to get them done. And usually with low hanging fruit, it's not a lot of effort, right? And so whether it's time investment, money investment, both, And then tying it back to that stress and that mental health piece, you know, when we achieve our goals, neurotransmitters, we get endorphins, we get serotonin, um, and, and that's a whole nother discussion for another day, but those are really important things too. And just our overall wellness. And, and again, that ties back to helping relieve stress is being able to get things done. And so, I say to people like, yes, don't be afraid to to go after those goals that you know can get done or that are very achievable or are that low hanging fruit. You know, you you don't want to make goals that are things you should be doing anyway, right? Like get get both milkings done every day. Like that, that, no. <laughs> That's not a goal. That's just like standard operating procedure, right? Yeah. So some of those types of things. And, and I know, right, and people milk different times per day and that's all fine and dandy, but whatever it is, it's make sure it's not a part of your standard day-to-day operations and is actually something that 
you need to work towards. What about generational goals? So there can be sometimes many generations on the farm. Can they have different goals or should they all have the same goals? Well, Bradley, you tell me. You grew up on a dairy farm, right? Well, everybody should have different, I think, different I, generations. That, that, just have play along. <laughs> you grew up on a dairy farm, right, Brad? Sure. Yeah. Hey, yeah. And do you think that your goals for the farm and your parents' goals for the farm were always the same? Nobody's Not even goals, goals just ideas, vision. Nobody's, nobody's goals are all the same. Your goals and Joel's goals and my goals are all different. Yeah, exactly. Which is why this podcast is such a train wreck most of the time. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it, though. That's the beauty of <laughs> it. It is. No, you're, you're right. There's something to be said for that, for different perspectives, right? But yeah, and so we run into that. And also, you know, we talk about this. Farming is very family centric, which is one of the things I really like about it. But also one of the things that makes it so challenging is you are trying to compromise between making family and emotional oriented decisions and making, you know, business minded decisions. And so with goals too, that comes into play is that, you know, everybody views the farm differently, looks at it differently. And so it's, you know, it's okay. You want people to, to have different goals, like you said, Brad, and like those different perspectives, those aren't a bad thing, but you know, and this is something that I've seen people use in farm transfer situations, but I think it's applicable to just general goals. And that's kind of letting people make goals on their own, you know, just personally write down your goals and then get together with your siblings or your spouse or, and, and see where your goals kind of cross over, right? You start on your own, you kind of develop these goals and then how can we blend our goals? Where are there similarities that we can turn it into one or where are things that maybe we can just scrap for now? In the end, you kind of all come together and you do prioritizing. And so that's really where the generational thing comes in is that people that have vastly different ideas, right? In blending, we're putting together things that are similar. But when we get down to the nuts and bolts of it, there are going to be very different goals that target very different things. How do we prioritize? And so that's really what it comes down to is having that conversation with everybody and going, here's what's important to us. Here's what's important to you. You know, let's all think about these together. Which ones, again, Joe, maybe that low-hanging fruit or those ones that we know can be, yeah, biggest bang for our buck, relatively inexpensive or easy to do, and, you know, can kind of see an immediate return on. And which ones should we plan for a little bit more and put, you know, we still want to do them, but they're not going to be the first thing we go after. You can probably see where it's used a lot in farm transfer situations, but it's really applicable to any sort of goal setting too is doing that developing blending prioritizing yeah and that's where i would i would also encourage people to embrace that different people on different farm have different interests right you know Mm -hmm. not everyone can feed calves every day not everyone likes working with calves at all so like embrace the fact that everyone has a different interest and be okay with that and yes every job is something that you don't want to do and you have to do anyway and that that's no different for farming. But if there is someone who has a goal that's specific to their interest, it, it might you might see more success by allowing them to run with it because you know they're interested, you know they're invested, and they they want to do it. So I would I would 
definitely encourage some of that as well as you're going through this whole process that Emily's talking about. Yeah. And that really helps with the accountability piece too, Joe. If people are able to, yeah, this is the thing they're really passionate about and, and feel very strongly about, then yes, let them be the leader. Let them be the point person on it and, you know, let them go with it. That's really important. And and I think Bradley and Joe, you would both agree with me that the most successful farms I see where there's multiple family members are the ones where people are able to just do the things they're interested in. And I think of my own family. I have two brothers. My one brother, like he is a cow person through and through. If he never had to do field work again, that would be the best day of his life. And then I have my other brother who lives for just sitting in the tractor and you know, whatever it might be, if he's plowing, if he's raking hay, if he's, you know, it doesn't matter. And so that's why it's like when we were younger, they worked really well together because my one brother could just be there taking care of the cows. My other brother could take care of the field and the crop stuff. And so it is important that you recognize that people have those interests and yeah, let them run point on those goals and let them be the person that really steers that progress. I, I it was really, really long-winded. You can cut most or all of that. Yeah, we'll leave it in. Why not? Philosophy oh, hour with Emily. <laughs> I think Brad mentioned this earlier, but um, coming back to your goals and kind of evaluating, did you get them done? You know, did did you set achievable yeah. goals? Are there goals that that in retrospect weren't as realistic as they should be? It's definitely a skill, making sure you know how to set realistic goals. So at the end of the year, you know, it's also a time to look back at, you know, no one wants to look back at 2020, but uh, looking back at the previous year to just see what you did, did you get there? Did you not? Were the things that prevented you from getting there? Were they reasonable explanations for not getting to those goals? Uh, or was it really just simply... You didn't want to do it. I mean, that happens all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that I need to drop some weight, right? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, want, I didn't want to work out and I like food. so like, <laughs> And he wanted to eat pizza. So, I mean, like, yeah. Was there a reason that I didn't drop weight this year? Yeah. Was it reasonable? No. That That's kind of what I, I like to come back to. Yeah. But, and that is a good point, Joe, is remembering that, you know, you can have the best laid plans, the the best goals and they're specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely, all of that. But there are things that are outside of our control, which 2020 proved. And so also I always remind people that like, along with goals should come a little bit of grace. Like understand that, yeah, be able to give yourself that gut check and to be honest with yourself and think, did we not achieve this goal because of something outside of our control? Or did we not achieve it it was in our control, but we just didn't do it. And and then what happened there? And so how do we rewrite that goal or reformulate that goal? Or how do we split it into separate goals to make it something that we can actually achieve? For sure. I think this is this is a big conversation. It's a it's one that's got to continue, you know, especially with the different generations on the farm. It, it can't be something you just set aside and not talk about. Like you got to keep it up and, and continue to do it. Don't be afraid to reevaluate either. We didn't really bring that up, but like mm, yeah. If you get two, three months in and you it's not working and you know it's not working, there's no reason to continue to do it for another nine months with, you know, even though you know it's not working right now. Uh, reevaluate, have that team meeting, even if that's just 
sitting down over lunch one day with everybody and, and discussing what to what to change to get to this goal and how to reevaluate it. Don't just keep banging your head against the wall. It doesn't work usually. Have that be a part of kind of your goal protocol is every quarter, maybe you're, you know, you're going to look at it at the very least, you know, halfway through the year, you should be looking at where you're at with things and, and what needs to be potentially reevaluated. Like you said, Joe. This is definitely something that I think we're, we're very close to adding to our management discussion, right? Goal setting, Ooh. being able to achieve it. Yes. This is, this is feeling very, very management-like. Uh, and most, I think a lot of these goals that you're going to come up with your farm are going to be related to management and what we described in our episode. So I think that's pretty much the basis of it. You know, I talk about low hanging fruit and trying to get those basics done. Because I think as you build those up and do the small things, you're going to run out of low-hanging fruit, which is the perfect position to be. And then you can start talking you know, pretty lofty about some of your goals. Because I think if you can catch all that low-hanging fruit, you're going to be in a great position to move forward. All right. I think we've talked plenty. We're done with Philosophy Hour with Emily. I think Aww. it's... I know. It's time to move on. If you have comments, questions, skate and rebuttals, please keep sending emails to themoosroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. Check out the website, extension.umn.edu. And catch us on Facebook at umnbeef and at umndairy. Catch us on Twitter at umnmoosroom. And I think that's where we're going to stop the plugs because I'm sick of plugging already. That was like two lines. I'm done. Thank you for listening. Yeah, but also if you're on Twitter, you should also follow UMN Farm Safety. I knew she could resist. I'm just saying. All right. Thank you. I have an Instagram page, U of M Dairy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're out. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. Bye.